This podcast is part of the Everyday Heroes Podcast Network, the network for first responders and those who support them. Hey guys, welcome to the Hero Academy podcast, the place where you can celebrate and highlight our frontline heroes, people such as nurses, firemen, EMS, police officers, and military are all heroes without capes. I don't care about politics, only positivity and purpose. I only care about those that have chosen to serve our society. I believe in collaboration over competition. Here, you'll learn the secrets and strategies that let ordinary people become extraordinary inside of their purpose. Sometimes we'll throw in some simple side hustles that everyday regular people are doing, things that you could do to make some extra money, especially if you're starting to think about retirement and what's next. Inside this podcast each week, you'll learn from people like you that were working full time, but still found the time to create a course, grow a big team, create a coaching program, a large audience, or a profitable side hustle. The steps they took, their backstories, and how they overcame their burnout that they were facing. The perfect blend of mindset and techniques. Carpe diem. Now let's get your dream lit for your freedom. I'm your host and coach, Super Dave. Let's go. Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of the Hero Academy. We have Heidi Chance, which is a really, really cool name by chance. You have so many different cliches that you can use. Um, I saw one of your talks, you used the name Chance inside of it. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I um, I definitely, some people can't spell the word chance. And so I'm constantly last chance, take a chance, no chance, all of those things. So, <laughs> so let's talk about you. How many years in the profession do you have? So I have 27 and going. I started when I was 12. Um, I uh, did 25 years with um, the main agency that I was with. And I started actually as a cadet. Yeah, me too. New program that they had. I was the first female cadet. And I actually started with that police department at 18. Okay. All right. Yeah. I started at, I started at, 18 working as a clerk they were called cadets at the time too working as a clerk inside of the precinct in the most boring work i could do i was filing uh dispositions of court cases (laughs) oh my Mm -hmm. god was that boring i had to put them in like the officer's file cabinets but you know i got to read the good thing the great thing about that job was i got to interact with other cops and you get to see that they're just regular people but you and i started a approximately around the same year because i i'm entering into my 27th year now myself oh, okay yeah 96 yeah yeah uh-huh yeah 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 that's that's awesome so a couple of tests that i took got thrown out um in my local counties because there was like a cheating scandal in one year and then another test there was another cheating scandal in a different county so they ended up redoing and throwing out a couple of the tests and it was just a mess um, all of these people like were suing my county and I ended up getting hired <laughs> eventually. I, I worked for the city, 
of New York for about five months. And then I was able to get out of there as quickly as humanly possible. How many agencies have you worked for? Um, Just two so far, but I'm about to transfer to my third. Okay. All right. And once that's all said and done and you're ready to hang up the towel, what's next after that? So I have started my own consulting business and I am excited because I spent almost 14 years as an undercover working human trafficking. And so I have so much to share about all these experiences I've had, how to be safe, specific you know, experiences for female undercovers to you know, get the job done, but at the same time, not get touched inappropriately and, and all kinds of things. So it's it's definitely fun for me to have this side business where I can you know, solicit police agencies who have training budgets, hopefully, to have me come and train um, female undercovers or even male undercovers about human trafficking, but also about how to do those investigations because they're really, really hard investigations. Um, you know, it's it's almost like homicide. You know where your victim is, they're dead. Well, yep. in prostitution, victims disappear, they go back and commit other crimes, they get onto drugs, they do all kinds of things. And keeping victims like in line and wanting to still press charges through the, you know, the lengthy oh, justice system. Whole process, yeah. Yeah. It's really difficult to get from disclosure to actual justice for them. So, um, you know, teaching about how to maintain that contact with the victim, build a case if you have to, without a victim, going after traffickers undercover. And it's, it's, that's all what I want to do when I grow up is, is, you know, train and continue, you know, preaching, I guess, about human trafficking. That's awesome. I went to a conference when I worked special victims uh, on human trafficking, and there, there was a lot of different topics that they were teaching. I wish I could remember the name of this conference. It was in Washington, D.C., in National Harbor at the Gaylord. And, Probably uh, Shared Hope International was a huge conference. Like Massive, massive, yes. Yeah, probably that one. Yeah, it probably was. And um, I remember being at that conference thinking that they're blowing human trafficking out of proportion. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I could say that was true, but unfortunately, what we have now is a situation where gangsters and drug dealers are realizing how much more money they can make trafficking another person. And if you get a couple of them at the same time, you're making even more money. And so that's where it's, you know, really, 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 I mean, they say it's tied with illegal arms trade, but I'm thinking it's going to tie with drug trafficking very soon if it isn't already. And who yeah. knows who they are making up these numbers, but it's, it's a overwhelming problem. Yeah, after that conference, I, you know, my awareness was broadened and opened and I realized that it's a much bigger issue than than I ever thought it was. And I started seeing videos online, horrific videos of people being chained up in in you know, in a, in an abandoned house. And I was like, "Oh my god, I can't." And that is the perfect example of depraved indifference of human life. Like, how can you, yeah. how can someone, how can someone look at someone else and think like, I own you and you're going to work for me and just, you know, give me every dime you make. 
it's really sad. Yeah, that's why I think going after traffickers, especially proactively, like using undercovers, is really, really valuable because, um, you know, they don't see these people as human beings and they don't treat them like, you know, normal people. They see them as a commodity, as something that they can throw away, that no one's going to care about them. And they really are masters at seeking out individuals with vulnerabilities that they can exploit. And so using undercover by social media or even in-person contacts, safely using officer safety, because these guys are typically very violent, um, armed most likely. That's where I really like to train because I take a lot of pleasure in putting traffickers away for a long, long time. Did you ever train in any self-defense? Um, I have before. I don't actually train other people in self-defense. No, I mean yourself. Yourself, have you trained? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You have good. Yeah. Yeah. Good. I haven't done it in a long time, but yeah, it's, it's yeah. definitely, um, it's one of those things where I say it's like a fine line of you invite this person, even a sex buyer into your hotel room. That's like the operation hotel room. It's a fine line of acting like a real prostitute. And this is going to happen. Start undoing your pants to don't touch me, get him in custody, all of that. So it's, it's, you know, a little bit back and forth, but it's definitely needed because that's the other problem is sex buyers and contributing to the demand for this issue. Yeah. What's your feeling on them legalizing it? Yeah. And I don't know what the statutes are there in your city, but it's, 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 it's one of those things where if you listen to survivors, victims that have gotten out of the life and that have rehabilitated themselves um, you know, have college degrees even, have normalized their life. They all agree that that decriminalization is just going to cause it be a free-for-all for buyers and traffickers, and it's not going to help this situation at all. It's, it's going to make it worse. And so I, I definitely agree with that. Mm, yeah, I don't know the right solution. I'm just curious. You've lived the life for so long. I'm curious how you feel about it. And well, I definitely think the only way to get rid of this problem is to get rid of sex buyers buying sex. I mean, if we just made stricter laws and, you know, more punishment for sex buyers, the whole thing would go away because that's that's who's contributing to the demand for this problem. It's like saying you get rid of drug addicts by creating laws. I know. I have to. It doesn't help. Yeah, but it doesn't help. Yeah. I'm going to tell you, I have to disagree with you. Um, I think robots are the answer. <laughs> yeah. <How's> yeah. So? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think because I think if everyone has their own sex robot. Oh, <laughs> maybe then, you're on something, but. <laughs> then they don't necessarily need to buy a person. Yeah. True. I, I, I don't think making stricter laws because. You know, there's there's certain there's always going to be a certain number of people that are deviants. And I don't think like like how long have we had uh, pedophilia laws? There's still deviants out there. Yeah. And and that's, you know, where it's more than just the laws. It's going to be holding other things accountable, like these platforms that host the ability for, you know, providers to advertise you know, those like Backpage went away. 
um, in 2018, was it? 2016, 2018. But all of these other little websites popped up and they're not in the United States. And it's more difficult to, you know, get evidence, let alone get them to stop or take images down of juveniles and all kinds of bad things. So definitely holding those platforms responsible um, will help with the situation also. Yeah, I uh, couldn't believe how many different sites there were. Um, one of the guys in human trafficking was showing me some of the sites that he had access to. And I couldn't believe like what's posted online and like, it's so blatant. Yeah. I mean, they think that they just cover themselves with, are you 18 to enter this site? You have to be 18 you click it and there's no other checks into that. And unfortunately, I'm sure we have lots of juveniles advertised online and, and also viewing those images and those ads. Yeah. So 27 years in, huh? How many years do you think you're going to do total? You know, so I retired from uh, my my most worked agency after 25 years because I bought that cadet time. Um, uh -huh. I was a cadet for um, about two and a half years before I became 21 and then started. And when I decided to do that, I thought, oh, I'm just going to do five more years, live that second pension life. Um, you know, I'm two and a half years into that. And now I'm like, I, th I think I might be able to do 10 years because, you know, obviously the longer you stay, the more money you'll make. And so um, I think I've got a plan. Nine more, nine, nine ish more years. Well, what if you could double your salary and work half the amount of time? Would you still do 10 more years? No. <laughs> no, no. no. What it is, is driving into work. I mean, the freeways, ugh. It's an hour commute, and Ooh. that's that's the, the hardest part of my day is my drive. It's yeah, work, I'm sure. Do you listen to any audio books when you're driving in, or any? What, what do you typically have on music? The news. I listen to podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, shout, like, out the, uh, shout out to the Hero Academy. <laughs> yes, Hero Academy. Um, two is it two donuts, one cop, or two cops, one donut? Two cops, one donut. That's my that's my good friend Eric Levine. I had him yeah. on two times. Uh huh. Yeah, he's got. Not only does he have a great you know LinkedIn and Instagram where he's critiquing you know police involvement situations, but his podcast is very good. Yeah, yeah. And um, he modeled his from Joe Rogan. Uh huh. Yep. Yeah. He's yeah, he changed the format up a couple times. Um, where he was just doing long form interviews and then he started reviewing. Uh, that was like his newest idea where he started reviewing, you know, body cam footage things. And yeah. he, he said that he, he likes to watch it with fresh eyes. So it's his very first time watching it. So he's mm -hmm. basically reviewing it live. I don't know yeah. if I could, I don't know if I could do that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's hard to Monday morning quarterback people. Because you don't know what you would be doing in that situation or how you would react to. And I, I need time to process my thoughts. I'm yeah. more of a, a cerebral thinker. Like I'm not just like, you know, right off the cuff. I, I'm more of a cerebral thinker. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely am a Capricorn. So I, I have to think things through, overthink. Yeah. Oh, we have that in common. I'm a Capricorn too. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Horoscope is also something that um, I use undercover a lot because 
Uh, everybody, especially bad guys, love to talk about horoscope. So there's a tip. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Yeah. I was going to stay away from some of your undercover tips because you're still active. So I, uh, yeah, yeah. I was going to, I was going to stay away from that topic. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> um, how long were you in uniform and like on patrol? Oh, um, about 10 years. Okay. Uh, did you yeah. have any uh, crazy calls that stick out in your memory? Yeah. I mean, definitely um, a lot of that was juveniles. I mean, juveniles were just so unpredictable. <laughs> um, I, I was a school resource officer for a little bit of that time. And I remember driving into, you know, park my patrol car in front of the school. And this girl was literally standing there on the other side of the chain link fence with a knife to her belly. And mm. I was like, uh, is she waiting for me? Or, or what are we doing here? And then these two boys were taunting her also on the same side as she was. And she could immediately have turned on them with the knife. You know what I mean? So obviously I stopped right where she was and got out and convinced her to hand me the knife through the fence and walked her to the office. And, you know, these kids, they, they get, they have so much going on that they don't get enough attention at home. And unfortunately they act out at school and, um, you know, with the bullying and everything else, it's just a lot. Yeah. There definitely needs to be more parental involvement with their kids because that could have been a really bad day for both of us. Yes, it could have been. Yeah. Have you uh, considered writing a book with all of your stories that you have from like all of these operations that you've done? Yeah, I definitely could write a book. I mean, I've got a case that might be a record for the United States. Um, it was seven victims, two juveniles. It was familial trafficking. It involved oh my an uncle and his 13-year-old niece and then his 17-year-old stepdaughter. And he literally was running a brothel out of a house. And oh, my God. He, yeah. He basically um, had been doing this for a long time. And the 13-year-old was 16 when she finally disclosed. So she had been with him for years. And the reason why she disclosed is because he wanted her to go do pornography in California and you have to get tested and everything for STIs. And she popped positive for something and he said, that's okay, we'll go get your little sister. So on that day, she's 16. Her little sister is 13, the same as she was when he first um, did something with her. And she said, yeah, I'm not going to let you do that. And that's when she called the police. Wow. But that case literally went to trial. It was seven months long of a trial. Um, it had all kinds of weird stuff because this guy was into BDSM, like bondage and the dominant and the submissive and whips and chains and all the things that, you know, unfortunately, right when this was going to trial, Fifty Shades of Grey came out. Yeah, yeah. So we had like a whole bunch of people that saw that as fantasy and okay. And we had to find a jury that found that not okay, especially right. with juveniles. Right. But all in all, um, he was sentenced to 493.5 years in prison. Good. So, yeah. <laughs> so that one that one's pretty much a record in the United States for the largest sentence for a trafficker. I think he probably should have been buried under the jail. But yeah, Arizona does not have the death penalty, right? Um, I believe we do. Yeah, I believe we do. Oh, you do? Yeah, I don't think we have um, too many traffickers that get that. Yeah. yeah. Wow. What? what that 
That is depraved. That is really, really like sick. That yeah. Is- yeah. He had this fantasy. Um, it was called uh, the story of O, which is like kind of like 50 shades of gray. He had these rings made with like a circle and we found like pictures like in sequential where it was like on the finger and then a little bit further on the finger and then look at her face and then all the way on the finger and then her face. And it was like very special, obviously, to him to show this ownership of each one of these girls because each one of them had the ring as well as a a tattoo brand on them. So, wow. um, Yeah. Wow, man. I have no idea that this stuff goes on. I, you know, I knew about child abuse, obviously. But mm-hmm. like the sex trafficking is like a foreign, foreign world to me. Yeah, it's pretty, unfortunately, the where I am is kind of a city that's on the way to Vegas or on the way to LA or on the way to other big cities. And so traffickers usually stop here for a couple of days. And, you know, it is such an overwhelming problem that you'll see five or six girls on a corner in this, you know, two or three mile stretch daily, nightly, dressed provocatively, doesn't matter if they're next to a schoolyard with kids playing oh or, my God. or not. And it's it's overwhelming for patrol and overwhelming for um, the agency I worked for because there was only uh, nine detectives for, you know, a really large city. How did you keep yourself sane and like fit and healthy mentally? You know, I, I, I've been asked that before. I usually say vodka, but also <laughs> I really, really take a lot of pleasure in putting these guys in prison for a long time, no matter if we go to trial or not. And so getting those huge, you know, sentences is really satisfying and helps me mentally prepare and, and stay on my game to get the next one. You are definitely the most passionate person I've met about this topic. Oh, really? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I always used to tell people when I was in special victims that it was a uh, party pooper. Like, you know, you start talking about it and people go. Wah, wah. Yes. yes. <laughs> like move it's on, definitely... move on to the next topic. But these things, yeah. they definitely have to be discussed. Um, We had talked about you doing more consulting work and, you know, more speaking we just have to find the right angle for you where yeah 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 I mean, it's just... one of those things that i think um because that's what i'm trying to break into that speaker scene in addition to training law enforcement and having agencies hire me but i also feel like if and and it's gonna be it's not if it's when this happens to a corporation you know like Let's say it's, um, you know, an electric company or it is, um, you know, a manufacturing company of some kind of product, but their employees get caught up in a scandal of some kind where it's, you know, more and more you see law enforcement agencies putting out, these are the faces of the sex buyers that we arrested today in our big, huge operation. And it's embarrassment for these companies. And I really think that They need to give training, not only to like deter sex buyers from doing this, but also to personally um, assist their employees. Like what kind of personal development 
is, you know, actually going to help them in their own family life. If they have young kids that they can have these conversations with in advance of them ever getting in trouble or getting online and having conversations with potential sex buyers or predators or traffickers. Personally, that's really important to arm your employees with the knowledge of this is what you can do to be a better employee, but not having all this drama happening in your home. Um, and then also a deterrent for those that would, you know, try and set up dates on their lunch hour using the company computer or, or whatnot. So um, I, I feel like there's definitely a need. It's just having corporations recognize it and I'd be, you know, volunteering to be the one to train their companies. Now, you walk a fine line because you're doing undercover work, but you're <laughs> also um, being a public speaker. <laughs> so I'm also I, in a documentary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm just really um, good at lying. No, I, I change up. What's, what the I name, like. what's the name of the document? I know you change up the look. Yeah. <laughs> what's the name of the uh, documentary? Uh, it's called Sex Trafficking in America, and it came out in May of 2019. And it was Frontline PBS. They actually followed us for about three years because they were following us through a case as well as some of the undercover operations leading up to Super Bowl. Um, and so it was um, it is a really good depiction of what law enforcement is doing to respond to human trafficking. Um, I know a lot of people are talking about human trafficking right now because of Sound of Freedom that came out. Yes. That documentary. And that's very wonderful that it's caused all this buzz and people are actually thinking about human trafficking. But what that movie depicts is not really reality, as you know, here domestically. That's like kind of international trafficking domestically. Um, you know, there's other movies out there that I would suggest like Wake Up. Um, it's called Wake Up, the official Wake Up movie. They have an Instagram. It's a really good one because it shows all sides of this. It shows a trafficker spending time online to kind of invest in grooming a girl, but then he meets one girl. So he's able to flip her right away. And it's the same trafficker with two different recruitment dynamics, basically. And then it also shows a sex buyer who's like a church going guy, got the wife and the kid. The daughter keeps knocking on daddy's door when he's locked himself in the room looking at pornography, which eventually leads him to wanting to engage in a real life date. And he goes on a real life date, gets caught, attempts suicide, all kinds of serious things, but very, very realistic that that could totally happen. So it's a really good movie. Does um, that movie have a happy ending? <laughs> it, it, it mm, no, I mean, <laughs> the trafficker gets arrested. The only thing I didn't agree with, and I actually spoke with the director of the movie because I reached out to her, is she made a police officer a trafficker as well. And she said it's based on true stories, but I don't feel that that's helpful when we're trying to have sex buyers, I'm sorry, victims come forward to the police if they're learning from Hollywood that police officers are also traffickers. I mean, that's a little far-fetched. I don't know what true story that was, yeah. but it's definitely not helpful for us when we're already trying to repair a relationship with victims as it is, because all we were doing we're just, we were just arresting them and now we're actually seeing them as victims and we're trying to get them to, you know, want to press charges and get actual help and repair relationships instead of arresting them. And so that wasn't helpful, but all the rest of that movie was good. 
Um, and I know that they did address that at the end of the movie when they talked to, um, I believe it's Rachel Thomas. She is a survivor. Incredible story. She was in college when she got recruited by a trafficker under the modeling contract thing where she actually provided personal information about herself, her family, her parents, where they work, home address, home phone number, birth date, all that, because she thought she was applying for a modeling thing. And then that trafficker flipped the script and um, said, I know everything about you and you're going to do this now because I said so or else. And so that one, that her story, she's got a lot of, um, she talks about her story on YouTube also, but she's, she's uh, part of that documentary and, and she does a great job explaining um, all the dynamics. Have you heard about uh, the allegation against P. Diddy, Puffy? No. Is that a new thing? Yeah. Within um, the last week, uh, Cassie, the artist, she has said that uh, for a 10-year period, he would keep her on drugs in hotel rooms for extended periods of time and hire male sex workers to have sex with her while she was under the influence of drugs. Wow. Yeah, very serious, serious okay. allegations. Yeah. I wonder why he would hire them. Maybe he would earn money from them because, yeah. Hmm. I, I, I don't know, but those are the allegations. Um, yeah. Very, very serious allegations. Um, that's, you know, current current affairs now. Wow. No, I'm going to have to look that, that up. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. 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 Any other uh, famous cases that you're aware of? Um, not famous, but definitely. I mean, I've I've arrested lots of aspiring YouTubers and rappers um, who um, try and make themselves out to be you know like a big person with expensive vehicles yeah. and you know blinged out jewelry and all of those things, and really they're actual pimps and and they're trafficking people. So yeah. is pimping and trafficking synonymous, pretty much the it's same? One and the same. Yeah. It's okay. just one of those things where, you know, we used to call sex buyers Johns, right? That's yeah. the same thing. A pimp and a trafficker, same thing. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. when I was coming up, they were always called pimps. And uh -huh. in the 90s, it was uh, cool to be a pimp. Mm. You know, yeah. they, they had the player's ball. Did you ever hear that? Yes. I've seen, unfortunately, the awful movie Pimps Up, Hose Down, which yes. is like a documentary of the player's ball. Mm -hmm. Yes. All right. So you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. So they kind of were glamorizing what it is to be a pimp. Yeah. Yeah. That and then all of these MTV shows, Pimp My Ride, Pimp My Crib, all of those yes. things. Yes, feeds yes. into that for sure. Yeah, and now, now since I would say, when, when do you think the term trafficking became like more popular? Last um, years, maybe. Yeah, definitely in the last like two or three years, I think because um, language is important, and I and I think states actually, my state changed the language. It used to say child prostitution in the um, statutes code and now it says child sex trafficking because there is really no such thing as a child prostitute 
You know what I mean? So um, language has definitely been changing like probably the last three years. Okay. Uh, that's pretty wild. I, yeah. um, I'm, I, I love the work that you're doing. Um, I worry about you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because uh, I wish I could get better help as a sponsor. Cause I tell everyone they should look into better help because uh, it's like online counseling. You should have someone that you can talk to about the really heavy, serious things that you're dealing with. Um, I'm going to ask you my last five questions just to respect your time. Um, Cause I'm so happy that you came on and I'm grateful and I love to give people their roses while they're still here. So I just want to say thank you for the work that you do. Uh, I know that you probably don't think of yourself as a hero, but you are someone's hero. Like you've actually literally been someone's hero and saved saved a few people. But what's your definition of a hero? That's question number one. Um. Yeah, definitely someone that's selfless and, and humble and that um, isn't doing that for the notoriety they you know are behind the scenes doing great things yeah that's definitely uh, what i think <laughs> i agree with you and yeah. when you're starting to feel stressed out and you're starting to feel low how do you save yourself from reaching that breaking point how do you show yourself love um i think and we were talking about this other before. other than vodka other than vodka yeah <laughs> Um, I really, I do like going on hikes. I like taking my dog on walks, um, being outdoors, which, you know, for a Capricorn and for a girl, that's not really our vibe, but I definitely like being outside. Um, if I live yeah, by you're, the beach. You're very, definitely... I, would say, I would say you're a very girly girl. So I'm surprised that you hike, but where you yeah. live, but where, where you live, it's almost like, you have to do it because it's such a beautiful place. Yes. There's yeah, so many, there's so many trails, mm -hmm. so many, so many places to hike. Like you can just pull over to the side of the road and just like, there's signs everywhere. Yes. You know, hiking, 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 hiking everywhere. Yeah. No, it's, it's a great place because you can go visit snow and then drive home. Yes. And you don't have to worry about snow. <laughs> Yeah. So we had talked about um, consulting, but would you ever start your own coaching program and like coach other undercovers maybe, or, you know, um, like, would you, would you do that group coaching or personal? Yeah. Coaching? I think uh, the coaching that I would like to do is actually like guiding a law enforcement agency that decides they want to do an undercover operation and like fly me out and I'll actually help manage and supervise the and so that's more project. of a more of a consultant yeah more of a consultant like you're situational helping them with the situation yeah besides the initial training and then to actually offer my you know consulting during the operation because you never know you know a pimp could show up leave you know another pimp in the car bring you know try and trip the decoy to somewhere else or There's so many so many variables. so many scenarios yeah. yeah what's your uh what's your best ability what's your strength what's your power um i think i think remaining calm i don't i don't fly off the handle 
Um, it's really, it takes a lot to get me like super mad. Um, I mean, I've even had traffickers try and jump across the table at me. Um, I had one girl like kick her shoe up into my face, you know, all kinds of things that, you know, would, would cause other people to react. I think I'm pretty mean, maintaining calm most of the time. Um, I think that's definitely a strength, especially. Um, and then I think, unfortunately, I've developed into a really good liar uh, as an undercover that I'm pretty believable. <laughs> um, as an undercover, do you play yeah. uh, you play Texas Hold'em at all? So, yes, I do. I play poker all the time for my current position. <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. I, I, have yeah. to, uh, I have to fly out there and... Uh, play cards at a table with you <laughs> okay yeah yeah I mean I don't always win but the whole point is to maintain for at least an hour you know so you can see the goings on of the poker game with the suspect yeah yeah, 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 yeah. that's pretty cool <laughs> that, that's yeah. pretty cool um and just for fun if you had a comic book superpower what would it be and why mm. I think you would probably go invisible invisible sounds good or i would say read people's minds i think that one was you know that's a top one because if i could read the minds of some people i would be able to you know do things in advance of them and their plans yeah, yeah i think I, that'd be fun that's pretty <laughs> cool heidi thank you so much for the work that you do and thank you for popping on to the show i really appreciate it uh you're a cool guest and i'll probably have you on another time to check out you know, where you're at in your career and like, you know, once you move on and see, you know, just do an update, see what you're up to. Absolutely. Sounds good. Thank you. You're welcome. I'll talk to you soon. All righty. Thank you. All right. All right, family. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Everyone I interview, I've chosen for you guys because of this story, and I hope that you get some value every single time. If you did get value or just just simply enjoyed the episode, please share the episode with someone that you know. If you know of a guest, a frontline hero that has an amazing story, something uplifting or a positive message, hit me up in the contact form of www.davidleith.com or DM me at Instagram at David Leith, the number one. Subscribe to the show because I have some really phenomenal guests coming up in the next few weeks that you definitely don't want to miss. All right, one.